You hear that? Yep. All righty, folks. Welcome back to an out of the rough golf podcast. We got a pretty, you know, I don't know, substance filled pod here for you guys. Um, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty busy week in golf. Lots has happened. Uh, lots to talk about. Um, we have the inaugural event of the live golf series, um, that kicked off this week. We also had the, uh, Canadian open, uh, up in Canada, their national open, uh, it's been on a two, 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 two and a half year hiatus, uh, cause of the old, uh, vid and, uh, what have you, but, uh, have that, that had a pretty nice finish where the boy Rory McIlroy, uh, ended up taking it home. But, uh, I think we should, uh, just kind of get it started with, uh, probably the elephant in the room. And that is the, uh, live golf series. And, uh, the implications that it has uh, just brought to the surface within the golf world. I think that's a good place to start. It, uh, like you said, it was a hectic week and uh, they made some waves and they actually did the thing. They actually played the tournament and got it started. Um, I wasn't totally sure it was going to happen until it actually happened, but they did it. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of shared your same sentiment, um, you know, go roll roll time back, you know, February around, you know, Riviera or I don't know if that's in February, but, you know, early PGA Tour season, you know, there was lots of talk about, you know, is this actually going to happen? You know, are they actually going to get players, you know, PGA Tour making threats to players and lots of people kind of rolling it back like. Bryson, DJ, and uh, lo and behold, you know, they are. come come June, uh, those guys are committed to the Live Golf Tour. Um, money talks, um, and I think that's kind of the, the proof is in the put in there. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's a. I thought it was incredibly comical to look at DJ's statements from literally like six weeks ago, but it was like I unequivocally with the tour a hundred percent of the way oh what's that 125 million yeah let's do it <laughs> i'll be there i'm coming i it, you know I, I you know dj is a guy a lot of people cut cut a little bit of slack for and i i will stay doing that because the if you've read that like whatever the the I guess statement he released about staying committed to the PGA tour. That doesn't sound anything like Dustin Johnson. So I have a feeling someone else wrote that from his team and they're like, this is the best thing to do. And he's like fucking on his boat, like got a text. He's like, yeah, release whatever. Like it, you know, I don't really care. Like, you know, I'm going to do whatever anyways. So yeah. I, I have a feeling like if just like, if someone like, you know, whether it was Monahan or, you know, a journalist or someone would have asked him that like that day it was released. I don't think he would have said anything like that. No. But, and I think that statement actually said um, from Dustin Johnson's team or representation or something. Like, I don't think he even tried to claim that like, these are my words or this is how I feel. I think yeah. somebody on his team said, Hey DJ, we're going to say we're with the tour, which we are right now um and that's all that matters so yeah and you know all all of that stuff at that time was all all you know it was right after that saudi tournament right and those guys had gone over there and played 
and you know people start talking i'm sure there's people talking on the ground there and you know oh, there's rumors that dustin's talking to the saudis or bryson's talking to the saudis and then that gets leaked out to the fucking twitter world and then people start running with it so i can see why his team probably released that because I'm sure nothing was inked or on paper with the Saudis and you don't know what exactly is going to happen and you don't want to jeopardize your position with the tour as it stands now. They don't have anything on you at the moment that you're going to the, you know, live tour or whatever it may be. So I can get why you would do that. I don't really, I don't hold that against him that much. Um, Other people, I'm not sure like Pat Perez, who, you know, had been asked plain, plain and simple, like if he would ever go and play on the live tour and he said, fuck no. And now, you know, lo and behold, money talks too for Mr. Prez. I don't think that surprises anyone. He seems like just the guy that would go and take some money from them to play on that tour. It's almost surprising that he said, fuck no. Like you wonder what his logic was when he said that, or if he was, I just I think know. a lot of these guys didn't think it was going to get to the point that it is now. Like they're like, yeah, yeah you know, why would they do like, like that just seems like a pipe dream. Like, why would they spend that much money? Like, are they actually going to get a tournament going? And like once guys show up at that first tournament and balls are in the air and scores are being kept and people are getting paid out their money, like Portland's going to be real interesting, man. Like, I I have no idea who else we're going to see, you know, playing that crazy. event. And it, you're exactly right. It, I've been trying to think of an analogy for this. And it's really similar to, like, when you're hanging out with your buddies and somebody says, like, dude, I'll give you 10 grand to go jump off that bridge or whatever. And mm-hmm. you would never do it. And they would never actually offer you that money. So you, you never talk about it. Like, this is that scenario where somebody said, hey, I'll give you a hundred million dollars to leave your tour and come over, but they're standing there with the briefcase and they have the money. Like none of us will ever be able to relate to that situation that they're in where the Mm -hmm. money's actually there. And uh, I think that like shocks a lot of dudes when you actually have to look at 40, 50, 60, $125 million. Like, Oh shit. Am I about to do this right now? Am I about to join this tour? Yeah. Um, And I mean, the, it, everything about it like we can go into the product and you know how the tournament was and stuff here in a little bit but like i've been talking about for a long time now how i would love for another league to come up and if it was funded by anybody but you know the saudi empire fucking people would be all in right they'd be like this is a good change you know competition's good fucking you know you know it it, it'll bring the purses up for everyone x y and z but you know i i feel like especially the tour obviously they're you know diving head first into the like this is you know this is funded by the saudis you know they kill people humanitarian fucking issues x y and z uh and rightfully so that's all good but uh you know i i'm really still not sure how i net out on all that because you can go into the nitty-gritty into just about any you know business or corporation or anything you know whether it's fucking apple and how their phones are being made whether it's fucking nike and how they make their shoes these guys like rory brooks all them getting 
millions and millions of dollars from Nike and their products are made by, you know, right. child labor and stuff, sweatshops and shit. So like, if you want to get down into it, you can with just about anything. So I think the straight up, I, the more of the issue I have with it is that it's, it's a government controlling a sport as opposed to a private business or corporation controlling a sport. So that, that is weird to me. Obviously the humanitarian shit is awful. Like obviously, you know, anyone in the right mind doesn't condone that sort of stuff, but like, as far as like these guys taking money, like you can in a roundabout way with, you know, the Nike athletes I listed, like you can, you can be like, Hey man, you know, look where your money's coming from too. Like just about everything in this world can, you know, be correlated to something bad that has happened. So I don't know. It's, it's, I was excited to talk to you about this because I've been having like that same kind of mental math quandary to where like, Hey man, you don't actually want to hear about like what happens behind the scenes and a lot of big businesses and a lot of major corporations. Mm -hmm. And again, I feel like we can say it over and over again, but like the Saudi shit is another level of just terrible. And it's going to be that. Um, I heard an interesting interview with, Dana White and Pat McAfee and Pat McAfee brought up this situation to Dana White. And, you know, obviously Dana White is an extraordinary businessman. He's, you know, brought the UFC from a couple million dollar business to a several billion dollar business. Um, And, you know, he was, he was pretty much, and he has a bunch of competition. There's one FC, there's Bellator MMA, like, right. and the UFC has always been the cream of the crop and they've stayed the cream of the crop. Right. So it's kind of a correlation in that way. Like the PGA yeah. tour has never really had competition. Dana White has always had competition. Right. Right. Um, and he was, he, he kind of said like, listen, you know, competition's good. It, you know, it benefits everyone to have competition. And then when Pat brought up the, you, you know, the humanitarian stuff with like the Saudis and stuff, he's like, listen, there is bad stuff that happens all over this world. If I ruled out, you know, making money from or leaving this market out or whatever it yeah. may be for one, one thing that this someone in this country did and, you know, not bringing my sport to all the people of that country or whatever it may be uh, and losing out on opportunities and stuff like that. He's like, I, I wouldn't have a business like right. I do now, like you just, it's hard to cherry pick that kind of stuff when you throw a whole blanket over the country. And, and, and where it's a little different with this is that it's the government of Saudi Arabia, which is right. where I keep coming back to. Like, I don't necessarily think it's good to have a, a you know, a country's government backing a league. It's kind of, right. that's kind of like socialism. And I, yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of that. It but, feels really, it feels pretty slimy. And the other thing too, that I want to like, that keeps resonating with me when we talk about competition that's a little different with Dana White is that like obviously UFC has always been number one and but imagine if all of a sudden Bellator had a blank check they kind of do Dana White pays a lot of his fighters way less than the guys in Bellator but they want to be a part of the UFC organization because it is the cream of the crop you are fighting against the best fighters in the world and when you do make it to be the in the top five in your division, then you start making a lot of money more than those guys in Bellator, but the guys in Bellator make, you know, 
really good money for what they're doing compared to like the lower tier guys in the UFC. So, yeah, but is it live golf versus PGA tour level? Like DJ just got $125 million signing bonus. Uh, like Bryson just got a hundred million dollars. Like I, I, I get what you're saying, but like, I guess my point is that the PGA tour cannot make this about money or they're, they won't win. No, like they, they can't, they can't win that fight. They should know that they can't win that fight. And right. the only way, like the only way I see them not being, well, there's two options or there's two scenarios. It's that their history legacy, like storyline really is like enough to sway these younger players and already established guys to stay. And you're not really, you're not really talking about the top guys who are already major winners and already have a name in the sport and have already made their money. Like, like the Brooks is like the Rory's like the JT's like the Spieth's like, yeah. You're not talking about those guys. Those guys have already established what they're doing. They're staying with the tour. They'll probably be some of the last to leave if like things sure. change entirely. Right. Yeah. Um, you're talking about the middle of the pack guys, the guys that haven't won majors, but have been on tour for several years that, but are still names like the Kisners of the world. The, right. the I, I don't Rose's, know. Like not, the- not even the Pat Perez. I'm, I'm thinking, trying to think of like bigger names, you know, like the Victor Hovland's the, yeah. Uh, uh, Matthew Wolf, who is, you know, rumored to be going, was shown in a promo of theirs, like, um, you know, Ricky's. Yeah. So, you know, once you you get enough, you get enough star power over there, you know, it starts to not really matter. Guys are tuning in to see the the golfers they're interested in, you know, and and you're talking about a lot of these guys are their fan base is shifting to like, you know, early 20s, you know, early 30 year olds who might not really care about the Saudi stuff or not even tuned in enough to know what's going on. They just know that, oh, here's this new golf league. It's on YouTube. I can watch it for free. There's no commercials. Ricky Fowler's playing Bryson DeChambeau. I love the Cobra guys and the Puma guys. They're awesome. You know, like yeah. it's just it when they have they have an endless bankroll that they can just start throwing at guys you know yeah. and where i was going with the the two scenarios the legacy the history stuff the guys like the middle of the tier pack like the rickies like the kisners they choose to stay and they do it for those reasons yeah are enough guys going to do that i have no idea i kind of err on the side of no like i think the guys are going to follow the money they they play golf for a living. You know, they, they want to make money. They want to make their families, you know, lives more comfortable, their kids to be able to do whatever they want to do in life. You know, like people, you know, want to say that they're not selfish and they care about like the humanitarian stuff. And I, and, and I'm sure a lot of people do, but you know, you have a check in front of you for, you know, $20 million or whatever it may be that's a big life changer for a lot of people and their families. And, you know, a lot of people can look the other way on stuff like that. And I, I I could, you know, you put a big enough check in front of me. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not going to take it, you know, like, yeah, it's impossible to know until you see the check in front of you. But I've heard people, you know, I've heard people in the golf media area being like, I can a hundred percent tell you right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do business with them or whatever it may be. I wouldn't go on that tour. And it's like, man, I don't know if you're presented. Everyone's got a number. I don't care what you say. Everyone's got a fucking number, but yeah. 
It's really that's easy to me. say that you're not doing it until that checks in front of you. It's a uh, shame Kate isn't here because I'm sure he would take the other stance. You know, he's, you know, I know. I, I but, was thinking the same thing. Um, the other thing, though, that I think is hugely important that ties into the legacy that we don't totally have an answer on yet is the majors. Um, we know next week that the guys are allowed to play in the U.S. Open. Um, but there's been rumors that Augusta might ban the guys. Well, we don't let me really go on record here just real quick saying <laughs> that if the U.S. Open – or the open championship ban guys from playing the tournament, then it's not an open anymore. Like right. then it's not an open anymore. You yeah. have, you have to change your name to something else because you are not an open championship. Right. Any of these guys on the live golf tour should be able to go into any qualification thing. You shouldn't be like, and, and if it's like, you know, by the USGA, like, or whoever it may be like, and these people are stopping them, like closing doors and not letting them try to qualify into these tournaments. Like I could see shit like that happening. Like, but if you decide to do that, you can't call yourself an open anymore. Those guys, if you want to be an open, then you have to let those guys try to qualify. Or if they are pre-qualified play in your event. Now, Augusta yeah. national, that's another thing. It's an invitational. So they can do whatever the fuck they want. Does it look good? In my opinion, if you have whatever, seven, past champions that are supposed to be able to play the tournament every single year. They have that coveted green jacket and you right. tell them they can't come back and play like, yeah, that's crazy. Especially Phil Mickelson, who has won there multiple times. Like, right. I don't know. And has all these clips, these famous clips of him hitting out of the trees on the pine needles yeah. and like all these, you know, things they play constantly in stories. Like he's iconic out there. He is one yeah. of the, He's an Augusta legend. And maybe the answer is, and I don't know how Augusta does this. Like, I think if somebody's got a lifetime membership, they've got a lifetime invitation. So maybe it's if you're on the live tour, but you haven't won, you're not allowed to play. The other thing with the opens is like, those guys might have to start have, having to qualify in because they're not going to be ranking up points with OWGR eventually and this is i like, i think the owgr is a crock of shit if they don't give owgr points to the live tour in my opinion it's official world golf rankings it's a you know it's an event yeah. with top of the top of the world players in the event there should be a couple top of the world players but you know, yeah. the, it, there are some though like it, especially if bryson goes over there patrick reed is rumored to be going though i think he announced it i actually think he, he announced, announced it on his day. social media so patrick reed is over there definitely one of the top players in the world no one can say he's not right I mean, he's he's Definitely. also an, a, a winner at augusta like yeah. there's going to be top players over there so if they don't give them some form of like world golf ranking points then they're a crock of shit yeah, and it'll just have to be a matter of, I mean, I guess every OWGR event is based on strength of field and they can yeah. adjust that accordingly. And shit. so they, they I mean, does the does it. the 54 hole thing put a, you know, uh, make you know, it make it a bit of an issue yeah. or something? It might, but I'm sure there's mathematics that can fix that in some way, shape or form. Yeah, but yeah, I, and going back into the like the majors thing for a second. Um, I can see a world where we have a divided, a PGA tour and a live tour. And let's just say out of the top 50 players in the world, 30 of them on the PGA tour, 20 of them are on 
the live tour just for this scenario. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a two tours essentially that are running. I could see, and if the, let's say the majors allow whoever into it, let's say they're not banning anyone, the best players playing the majors. I can see that world and I can see really liking it because there's four events of the, of the year that we usually only tune into anyways. There are a few PGA tour events that we, you know, like, like Memorial Riviera waste management for me. The match play is one of them for me as well. You know, there's a, there's a handful of other tournaments, but more often than not, it's like the majors that really matter. The majors are get it, are what get us juiced up and that right. might even elevate those, you know, you have the, the tour, two tours competing against each other. Who's better you, the guys on right. live or the guy, you know, and then you have this, these four tests each year where they yeah. all meet up and they all play against each other. Yeah. There, there's potential for that where it could be interesting for sure. Um, we'll see what happens. I think the live tour has a long way to go before they would get to that level of intrigue, but it, I don't know, impossible. man, look how, look how much they've done just since un- the balls are up this week. I mean, like they, yeah. they put it, they put a product together. A lot of people thought that the product was going to be trash, that they weren't able to work, that they weren't going to be able to get it done, that it wasn't going to operate smoothly. And I would argue that, you know, were, was it perfect? By no means. It was not yeah. perfect. Is there stuff they need to improve on? Definitely. But being bankrolled by the Saudis, no commercials. We all love commercial free golf. It's awesome to watch shots continuously. Oh. It keeps you engaged. Um, they're, you know, they're, that benefits them greatly. For sure. That's for, for viewing um the team stuff they definitely don't have that figured out can it be cool yes i definitely think there are ways to make it cool are the teams compelling right now no because the field doesn't have the top names in the game but are they going to be getting more top names yes they definitely are we know of more that are coming the next stop um i think there's going to be a slow trickle of guys that keep coming when that trickle is going to stop um, or if it's going to change into more of a flowing of guys, I don't know, but yeah. you know, once there are more guys, those teams start to become more compelling. And when you figure out a way, cause you know, right now it wasn't too straightforward on how they were getting the team scores. I think they were like picking two guys at the beginning of the round or the tournament yeah. that they're taking those scores. I think it's the beginning of the day, beginning of the round where they pick two guys for the team and they're taking those two guys scores. And that's what adds up for that day for that team. I don't really like that. I think it would be cooler if they did kind of like two guys, like you're paired up with your team. Yeah. At least the first two days, at least one guy from your team. Well, you're paired up with a guy on your team and you're playing, you know, kind of like a team best ball against the, another team. So you're still playing your stroke play, but you're also doing a team best ball type of thing. And it would be like, Hey, you get a point for beating you know this team over here and then on the you know on the third day you can figure out something to where you figure out what the final you know winning team is but there's definitely ways that you could make it interesting to have team golf i think there's no question about that i think and and i think people are people are fiending for it you know i know there's a lot of people that want to see a change in the way you know golf is 
you know, broadcasted, you know, it's been the same for, you know, you know, essentially the conception of like televised golf, it hasn't really changed. And, you know, the most popular events are the team events, the the Ryder cup and the president's cup, you know, people really love those events. Is it because they are only once a year that definitely has something to do with it, but I think there is a compelling thing to the team aspect. Are they doing it right right now? No, they're not but yeah. they're, they're trying, you know, they're, which, you know, that that's cool to me. Yeah, I that's think how you, that's how you get progress is by trying to do stuff. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I'm sure they're not They're Hopefully I, I say, hopefully, like I want this thing to succeed. And I, maybe I do to yeah. an extent, you know, just to, just to see change for the PGA tour, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the, the, their leaderboard when, uh, it definitely could use some work, but it was, it was, it had some good things to it. It was more F one ish where it was like showing guys, you know, moving up and stuff like that. And it was constantly there on the left-hand side. And they had this like ding, like a bing when it changed players. Yeah. So like when someone hit a shot and then they would go to the next shot, when that person showed up on, on the screen, it would be like, bing, and then it would like highlight their lane or their name. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the Bing. I, I, I was opposed to it at first. And then I was like, I actually, I don't know, because like, I'm like looking at my phone, like texting or just social media or something. And then you hear a Bing and then you like look up and it's someone else. So you can see a shot, you know? So I don't, I don't know. I, uh, you you mentioned F1. I feel like that's one thing that they could do that would make the teams more compelling is, and correct me if I'm wrong here they are drafting teams before every event, right? So, the, like, the team format will be a different group of teams when they go to Portland next week. It's not going to be the same From what I understand, that is what they're doing, but there are certain teams that are staying. Like so, like, teams. I guess, like, the, the, the Stingers are, like, mostly made up of South Africans, Charles yeah. Schwartzel, Louis Oosthuizen, Brendan Grace, and someone else. I can't remember who. Yeah. But like, that's a team that they all want to play together. And I think they're going to continue they're to play together, team. which, you know, then it's not really like they aren't really drafting. Right. So it doesn't really make sense. Um, I think they're kind of just shooting from the hip with that. They don't really know how that's going to work. I think especially they didn't really know how this first event was going to go. I'll be interested to see how Portland goes. I'm sure they're going to it's going to be a little more polished, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. So how did you watch this? Cause when I try, I got on YouTube and I searched live golf and it, you, I clicked on it and then it said like you had to follow a link in the stream or something in order to actually watch. Cause I was just getting the audio broadcast on YouTube without following the link. And then I was like, huh. I don't care enough to, I literally that. just typed in live golf and it was like, it, the first box that showed up was their YouTube and it said live on it. And I pressed it and was on the TV. Oh, that's so and weird. I, yeah, I, had, I had no issues. Chain and do all this stuff. I was like, all right, I'm not one of my email. I was like, I'm not doing that. I don't, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was really simple and easy um, for uh, older demographic, you know, that, you know, a lot of golf. Right. And czar, you know, like my dad or someone like that. My dad. Um, yeah. 
might not be as easy, even though I think my dad is, I'm, I'm he, I don't know if he watched any of it, but I'm sure he's more than capable of figuring it out. He's watched YouTube before and has it, you know, on his smart TV. Yeah. So it wouldn't be too difficult to open up a YouTube app and type in live golf. So, you know, any decently coherent person could figure it out if they want to watch it that badly. But yeah. Um, yeah. I want to I, touch on one more thing that we kind of skipped over. You mentioned the president's cup and the Ryder cup. Uh -huh. Currently, it sounds like those guys are not eligible or it's undecided whether or not they're eligible to play on those teams. Right. Well, as if you're taking Jay Monahan at his word in his release, then those guys are not going to be able to play on the president's cup. He didn't mention yeah. Ryder cup, but he did say president's cup this year. Yeah. Um, and with everything that Jay Monahan says, who knows, man, this all is going to go to litigation. You know, right. it, it there's a player's handbook that they they are given as PGA Tour players. The guys who resigned from the PGA Tour, I know that's much different than the guys who decided not to resign. Yeah. Um, so who knows how all that plays out? I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know. I know that there are I have heard people talking about certain things that, you know, if a guy is to, you know, I don't know what the proper you know, lawyers speak is or lawyers terms is for it, but like decide to, you know, challenge what, you know, the PGA tour has decided to do. I know they get a certain window around 30 days where they could go back literally and play next week on PGA tour, even though, uh, you know, Monahan said that they wouldn't be able to, um, right. it's so there's like a, there's a bunch of like loopholes and stuff that they can do. I know Phil is a lifetime member of the PGA tour because of the accolades he has a, you know, right. had over the, so I think he, he has not resigned and I think it's because he is a lifetime member and he is going to choose to obviously fight in court. Um, yeah. and I'm sure he's talked to multiple lawyers about that and feels confident that as a lifetime member that, you know, that that's for life. I'm a lifetime member. You can't do right. anything about it. Well, and I, I think there's a lot of his pension is tied up in that lifetime membership status. Um, that he has a lot of money sitting yeah. there that he doesn't want to give away is kind of what I've heard. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to hear how that goes, but that's just one of those. I think when you think about the legacy side of golf and what the PJ tour is trying to kind of lean on, you think of the majors and you think of the Ryder cup as what true legacy is. Um, and if these players can go to the live tour and still have access to those things, then I don't think that that puts nearly the tarnish on their legacy that the PGA wishes it would versus if they can't do that, then it, then they really do have to think about who am I as a golfer and what am I going to leave behind? Well, all the, all the legacy is tied in the majors and the Ryder cup. Like mm -hmm. it's not any of the tour events, like as much as people want to say that a win at freaking memorial or tory pines or the players or wherever you want to say is adding to your legacy and in some some extent it is but the the main main thing people talk about when it is for legacy it's like how many majors does that guy have you know right where does he how does he compare to tiger or gary player or arnie or jack or whoever it may be um yeah. you're you're counting those trophies and you know perfect perfect 
perfect example is Tiger Woods. You know, the only trophies he displays are his major championship trophies. And, you know, Rory has talked about that mentality from Tiger and being like, yeah, you know, I need to, you know, focus on these. These are the tournaments that matter. And at some point you're kind of, you know, talking out of two sides of your mouth when you're, you're being talking, you know, right. when Rory is talking about, you know, the legacy of the PGA tour and stuff like that. When it's really these four, these four that. tournaments that, that matter. Yeah. But if the, it, it's a big issue for the live tour, if, if the majors decide to, you know, side with the PGA tour. With the PGA. And that, that would be a, that would put a big slowdown on things, I guess. I don't know. Do you and honestly, any- and honestly, I think the U.S. Open has lucked out with this. Like they've already come out and say those guys are allowed to play if they're pre-qualified, and the field has already been set, right? Like so, they've already had this. They don't want to change anything, and it's so close to the event. It's literally happening next week. They're like, oh, yeah. listen, we had to do what we had to do to get the tournament done, and yeah. now they get to sit back, and the USGA USGA gets to watch what you know the open champion championship decides to do Augusta decides to do the PGA championship decides to do before they have to do anything or decide anything. So I think Augusta is going to be where we actually find something out. I, I, I would be shocked if the open championship banned these guys, I think it's close enough that they can kind of wiggle into the same, like, Hey, the field is already, these guys have qualified and these guys and, and like the point I made earlier, they're they're opens, right? So yeah. they 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 literally have to. Like, yeah. Otherwise, it's not an open. Like right. it's not an open championship. Exactly. But. So Augusta will be when we find out when we get a statement that says we're not allowing these guys. And if if Augusta says they are not allowing them, you can fucking guarantee that the PGA Championship is doing the same thing because they're <laughs> closely affiliated with the PGA Tour. You know, like yeah. But, and then, then you have two, then you have two and two, two open championships that are allowing whoever in. And then you have these two invitationals that are major championships, but aren't letting all the best players in, in the world, which now are you fucking tarnishing that championship? Like, yeah, don't listen, if, if fucking 15 of the best players in the world aren't allowed into your, your major championship, is it still a major? I don't necessarily think so. It, it all becomes a giant can of worms, um, and it'll just be really interesting to see where where that goes. I guess if I had to summarize where I'm at, you touched on this earlier. Um, I don't think that I want this live tour to succeed. I do hope that it challenges the PGA Tour to maybe try and make some adjustments and create a better product. Um, well, I never even got into my second scenario that I was talking yeah. about earlier. There's the first scenario with the legacy and the history of the game. And if they keep the middle tier players, you, you know, like I said, like right. the Kisners of the world. Um, and then there's the scenario number two, where the PGA tour has to adapt and has to figure out a way to change their product to compete because they're not going to compete with money. That's just right. not going to happen. So they're going to either have to change their product in some way, shape or form, try to do the best to take care of the guys more than they are right now, which that they've been doing that. They, they right. have been trying to give the guys more money any way they can. They're held back by being a nonprofit that is holding them back in this, you know, and I yeah. think we're finally seeing the, you know, the downsides of being a nonprofit, right? They've done so much good 
you know, billions of dollars in charity and stuff like that. And, you know, that's a great thing. And I think, I think that, you know, business model has been good for them, but I think it's definitely worth entertaining what the PGL has to offer. I know that they've tried to reach out to the PGA tour and they've kind of just turned a blind eye to them, not even answering emails or not even setting up meetings. And, you know, they, they, they've proposed a way to pay those guys more money and get a similar product going with the top players in the world. And I think if they were to entertain that or figure a way out to do something similar, similar, um, maybe not even with the guys at PGL, but I think that, you know, that is really the only other way that they're going to survive this. Yeah, you've got to you have to take that phone call at the very least at this point and say, hey, we're looking into it. We want to know the other thing. And I'm not sure it, it seems to me that the PJ Tour has always relied on, hey, if you play on the PJ Tour, that's how you get your seven, eight figure deals with Nike and Under Armour and TaylorMade and Titleist that really pays those guys bills like winning tournaments is great, but they're. Yeah, but it, it, again, it's it's you know it's those top twenty guys that are getting those deals, maybe right? Those middle tier right. guys are really, you know, they have deals, and I'm sure they're making some money off the course, but they're For not sure. anywhere near the Rorys or the the Jordan Spieths or the Brookses. Like they're not getting those seven eight figure deals, right? Right. So they definitely are more like, hey, I I want to make this cut, I want to do as well as I can, and I want to bring home a check to you know add to my bank right so yeah you know kisner's been an outspoken guy about that like you know hey they pay they pay a lot for 20th place out here top 20 yeah yeah exactly so So. it'll be interesting to see where it goes um i guess what i was gonna say about it though i'm really bummed because i feel like this next week is not going to have anything to do with the U S open that next week is going to be all about the live tour and where the live tour stands right now. I don't care about it. I'm not interested. I'm not compelled by the product that they have. Uh, It's not something that I currently want to watch. And so I'm Well, to be fair. You haven't watched the product that they gave you. Correct. Well, I'm not interested in the players that they have. I I don't care about Charles. Um, and, And I'm really, I'm, interested in rory duking it out with jt and the big names that they still have yeah Um, but that's just where i'm at so no i agree uh, the 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 players as it stands after this first tournament um you know it's not compelling like listen i i watch you know a grand total of maybe an hour over the course of the three days of the live you know golf event and you know, enough to understand the, you know, what they were showing us, the product that they gave us and stuff like that. And I can see a, a world where if they have, like we've spoke of, you know, 20 of the top 50 players in the world where it would be a very compelling product, especially if they polish, polish stuff up and, you know, do some stuff that I had mentioned earlier, or right. they figure out ways to, you know, make the team aspect more compelling. Like, yeah, I can see it where it's a big issue. I can I can fully appreciate and understand them you wanting them not to succeed because you want all the best players in the world playing in the same place. I I share that sentiment. Um 
Right. Well, and it just doesn't seem like they're going anywhere. You know, they have a an at from what it seems an infinite amount of money that you know the Saudis are willing to throw at it for five years, and they're not going anywhere for a while. For sure. Well, I was even speaking more specifically to like we have a major next weekend that I think is going to be an awesome major. The venue looks really cool. We've got a lot of really big names playing really good golf right now. And I don't think anyone's going to give a shit about that. Like the first press conference of the weekend is Phil, where they're going to ask him eight questions about live. And he's going to give a non-answer to all those questions. And then DJ is going to do the same thing. And then Bryson's going to do the same thing. So it just sucks that this product that's trying welcome, to welcome to how I feel about Tiger Woods, man. Welcome to how I feel because I any tournament he plays, that's all it is all about. And that's the exact same way I feel like yeah. granted it's two different things. Tiger Woods is debatably the greatest golfer of all time. And people love the fuck out of him. I get that, but I share that same sentiment where like, Hey, I really like all the other golfers that are there and are probably going to do better than this guy that is walking on one leg. And right. all you care about is him. And we have the Rory McElroy's and the Jordan Spieth's and all these guys out here that you're not fucking giving a shit about. Right. But yeah. I, I get that's That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that, but you're right. Like I, I just am so bummed that all of this coverage is going to be just a fucking dog. I think, I think leading up to it, like obviously Wednesday when they're doing pressers and stuff like that. Yeah. It's going to be primarily about live, but come, come the weekend, come Saturday, it's going to be about the golf. It's a major championship. Like people are going to be compelled by the golf. I, I, I really do think that, you know, you can take today, for example, about at the RBC, what a great, what a great finish to a tournament. What an awesome crowd. What a yeah. great final group. I mean, uh, and it, for the PGA tour, they couldn't have asked for a better final group. They couldn't have asked for a better, a better winner of the tournament. Rory has been the most outspoken guy against live, yeah. uh, you know, about the legacy of the PGA tour, how he's not going anywhere that this is the tour that he wants to, you know, continue to play at and, you know, eventually, you know, finish his career on. Right. And, you know, he's the guy that ended up winning the tournament you know, the same week of the inaugural live and, you know, to top it off, he just throws some shade at Greg Norman and, you know, it's, you know, Rory's, you know, right, right behind Tiger Woods is probably one of the most popular golfers on this planet. So when you have a guy in your corner like that and can play the golf that he does and, you know, draws a crowd like he does and gets them riled up like the people of Canada were for him today, I mean, that's compelling shit right there. But, you know, who knows, man? We will see. It, today was awesome. And to have, like you said, Rory and JT are probably the two most vocal guys on the tour against Liv right now. And to have them in a dog fight in the final pairing, it was awesome. It was really cool. And honestly, golf is good when JT and Rory and Speed are playing good golf like they're playing now like that's when it's exciting mm-hmm. it's me pumped you want the best golfers in the world playing their best golf that's what yeah. we want to see each week if i could sign up to see you know the top 20 golfers in the world firing at all on all cylinders and seeing who comes out that that's ideal for me you know 
So yeah. when you have two guys like Rory and JT, who are two of the best players in the world, you know, playing some of their best golf coming down the stretch, it's really, really awesome to watch. It and super- yeah, like I said, I only watched like five holes today of, you know, the last five holes, but uh, yeah, it seemed like Rory, I, I saw some highlights. It seems like Rory was driving the shit out of the ball all week. Uh, definitely those last five holes, he was not holding back. It seemed like he was lashing at every single drive, like that drive on 18. Fuck, yeah. man. Yeah, he hit a couple bombs in there. There was, I think it was like 12 and 13, where he hit a couple like snappy double crosses where you kind of went like, oh shit, what's going on, Rory? And then uh-huh. you could tell he went back to a little bit more of his, like, okay, I'm going to hit the shape that I'm comfortable, that I know I can repeat. I'm not uh, sure what hole it was, but it was either 16 or 17. It was a dog leg right. And Rory cut the hell out of the corner where it was where Finau and JT both ended up in the right rough and Rory cut the corner and it almost rolled through because he bombed the fuck out of it. Yeah. It went into the second cut and almost into the rough. But I mean, he had like a fucking flick wedge on from there. I'm not sure he might have had a fucking pitching wedge or nine or something, but that was 17 because that was where JT made bogey. Yeah, because he put himself in jail. That was a two-shot swing. That's where Rory stuffed it. Yeah, yeah. But and he did. He hit it all the way through the the dog leg. I mean, yeah. He was bombing the ball. He also he chipped in early. He made like a, at least one putt over thirty-five feet, where like things were just clicking for him. When I saw his scorecard, and there was a stretch where he had four birdies in a row. I think it was nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, yeah. and then there was. A, a few birdies on the front nine before that. And it, yeah, it just seemed like he was on and he was firing on, on, on all cylinders, but it definitely from the, the looks of the scores, like that whole, that whole final group went really low. Justin Roche had a chance at 59. Apparently I guess it had rained a little bit overnight. So I guess the course was pretty gettable. It it was very gettable. They were taking advantage. Rosie had an all time choke job. They were talking about him possibly shooting 57 at one point. Um, all he needed to do was make par on 18, shoot 59. And he somehow, from a good spot in the fairway, just totally blows one, misses the green. He got hung up on the left where JT was yeah. to where that whole green is running away from him in the thick rough. And he put it as close as he could, which was 15 feet and missed the putt. Um, apparently that's the first ever person to make bogey with a chance to shoot 16 or 59. Um, so it was a tough look for Rosie. Yeah, and he had over. a bogey on the hole on 16, the par three before as well, because he was lights out. Um, it was crazy. JT against Rory. JT birdied six straight holes today and still he caught Rory never passed him. Like they were duking it out. Yeah. I thought, yeah, there was definitely a, a, a small window where uh, a Rory JT playoff seemed kind of likely. And then Rory just ended up having those two boat, uh, not Rory JT ended up having those two bo- Bogey, uh, bogeys Bogey. coming home. But yeah, that would have been a cool playoff to have, but I, I think it was good that Rory won. I think it was, probably better for the PGA tour that Rory won, Uh, you know, JT, JT is, you know, a superstar in his own right, but Rory is that guy who, you know, kind of took, took the helm when tiger was hurt and, 
you know, you know, is a very outspoken guy, a great, you know, just, you know, yeah. player and role model for kids and X, Y, and Z. He checks all the boxes for the most part. He's, you know, so, He's everything yeah. that golf wants and the PGA wants to yeah. represent them. Um, so it was a huge win for them. Um, and a huge win for Rory, 21. And like you said, got that jab in on Norman, which is always fun. Um, I'm curious what you think going into the open obviously scotty scheffler can win it back-to-back weeks no problem but normally we don't think guys win back-to-back could you see rory in form repeating next week at the open um this is kind of interesting i'm not sure if you've been informed but uh during the pga championship me kid and some friends were watching uh the pga championship at a bar and I made a bet with kid that Rory would not win another major of a thousand dollars. I have not been informed of that. Holy yeah. shit. So you don't, you think Rory's not winning another major the rest of his career. I have a bet that he's not going to do. I think he's not doing, I think he he's fully capable of doing it, but it just seems yeah. like he has some demons and he has just fell short you know what however long it's been since 2014 you know he's whatever 33 34 years old now um he definitely can win another major i'm not saying he can't win a major the odds you know the odds for any person going into the major are more likely that they're not going to win it than they are going to win it so like you know over the course you, you know I don't know, let's say 10 years, he's going to have 40 tries at it if he is able to play every single one, right? If he's not injured, if, you know, there isn't like an emergency or something like that. So he has 40 shots at it. Um, You know, obviously people win later in life, but that percentage goes dramatically down the older and older you get, right? So obviously Phil is fucking proof that you can win later on in life. And I'm not saying Rory can't do that. But yeah, yeah, I... uh, can Rory win th- this week for at the U.S. Open? Absolutely, he can win. Do <laughs> you know he just won? Um, Scotty Scheffler just did it at the Masters. It wasn't back-to-back weeks though. It was the right. last start, right? Back-to-back. So that's a little that's yeah. a little different. You're coming off a week of the you know the stress of trying to take home a win and winning down the stretch, and then you're going into yeah. another week. Um, is it possible people have done it? Yes. Um, Rory is definitely capable of it. If I'm a betting man and I'm, I, and I am, I'll say that he's not going to win it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He just, he, um, it seems he has the game for it. So from what I've read about the country club is that it's a fucking big boy golf course it's going to play pretty long. The rough is really aggressive and beyond the rough, the next cut is native area where you have really, you know, stuff. And then I think I heard it was the, the greens are, the greens are not smallest. Yeah. The greens are small, tons of undulation, undulation. I mean, and yeah. uh, the no laying up guys did a cool video on it. They played it. Um, there's lots of cool, like rock formations that are on a lot of holes. Um, they call it, them it's it's a really old golf course like one of yeah. the first in the country um and i know that it was recently like renovated to try to bring it back to its like you know original form 
Um, I, I think it's going to be a different test than a lot of, yeah. a lot of us open. So uh, a traditional us open setup does seem really well for Rory. Is this one going to play like a traditional us open? I don't know. It's going to play hard. Yeah. The greens are going to be tough. Um, the and Rory, Rory isn't necessarily the best putter. That's all I have to say. He's not, and he's not the best with a wedge. Yeah. And I think that's what somebody who's long, who can control their wedges and hit these tiny greens and putt well is probably who does it this weekend. The other thing that was crazy, and you kind of talked about the rock formations, they call them chocolate drops, where they just have these big chunks. They look like moguls that are around most of the greens. So, like, if you miss the green, you could be on a downslope that's basically totally artificial. Um, so scrambling is going to be tough. Hitting greens is going to be crucial and they're tiny. So I think anybody who's long and in the fairway and has a shorter club going in is going to have a big advantage. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that makes sense for sure. So I, I don't know if that's a, then starts to sound like maybe a JT, the guy that you and I both love is Rombo. Um, hasn't had the putter all year, but as far as stats go, he's got all the, the juice to make this happen. He's long, he hits fairways, he gains a lot of strokes against the field in basically every category. Um, so I don't know, I think it's going to be a big name that wins this open, though. Yeah, I uh, I always like Rom, big, big Rombo guy, he's in my wolf pack. Um, he like you said, his putter has kind of not been there this year. The rest of his game seems to be just in ROM form, how it usually is. And the putter can get putter can get hot any week. You know, all he needs, all he needs is the putter to start working this week. And if it is, then he's definitely got a shot at this, this golf course. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think ROM is always a good choice. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to look up odds right here. I'm, Oh. Yeah. Um, here, I've got them pulled up. I'll read you off some of the tops. They're kind of what you'd expect. Um, where did they go? I had them up. All right. We both don't have them. Uh, I know. I got them. I got them Ron, now. So JT, JT, Rory, and Scheffler are all at the odds I'm looking at are plus 1,200. Then following oh. that, you got Cameron Smith, John Rom. At sixteen hundred, then you have Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, Shoffley at twenty two hundred. Then you have Kepka, Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, Hovland, Zalatoris at twenty five hundred, followed by DJ Burns at uh, three thousand plus two thousand. Yeah. So, which odds are you looking at? Uh, I'm looking on Bovada right now. Bovada. Cause I've got the CBS ones and like they have DJ at 16 to one, which seems so, crazy. Snag, snag DJ on Bovada. If you can't, yeah, exactly. If you want him, that's where you get him. Um, Joffle is an interesting one. He obviously has played well in us opens before, and he's kind of trending into form um, after having a couple so, so years. Um, I'm definitely intrigued by him. Um, I don't know. I like I said, I just feel like this is a 
this is a big boy course. I don't know that we get like a a first time winner of a major. Um, I could see JT getting another major. And I'm not I, a huge JT guy, but his game seems like it's on. He didn't win this week, so he's going to, you know, going to come in wanting it. Not that he wouldn't want to come in winning it if he had won, but uh, it just seems like his game's really in a good spot right now. Um, but... I'm a huge JT guy. He's in my wolf pack. I think he's a killer, and he's playing well right now. And honestly, um like you said, I think he's got a little extra motivation. And with Finau backdooring solo second on him today with that bogey bogey finish, I think probably pisses him off even more. Like he was in an all out dog fight with Rory all day. And then he ends up third and Finau gets the backdoor second on a 35 foot putt. I think he's the type of dude who's got holds a grudge and wants to come out firing. I would not be surprised at all if JT won the thing. Yeah, uh, obviously he's the favorite or one of the favorites, right. so that's not like a crazy not a way to go point. out on. But yeah. uh, uh, some name I'm looking at this list of guys and a couple names that kind of stand out to me are Billy Horschel and Sam Burns. Horschel just won at Memorial. His game seems to be in form right now. He's known to be a guy that when he gets hot, he gets hot for a while, whether it be a month, month and a half. Um, so it seems like his game is clicking right now. Um, he has not won a major. He's an older guy. So, you know, he's wanting to go in there and win it. He's a competitive dude. He, you know, runs real fiery. So, yeah. um, you know, that that'll be an interesting one to watch. And then Sam Burns, you know, he's had a great year. He was playing good golf at the RBC this week. Um, he had just won at colonial, um, another guy that's playing really well. He's 30 to one right now on Bovada. Yeah. Um, so that's a name that I, I, I like. Um, I do like both of those and Billy Horschel to Memorial Jack will be the one to tell you he, that's a second shot golf course. He wants a ball striker. Uh -huh. I think that this course is going to play that way too. You got to hit your green. So I like that. Then, um, uh, uh, the final name I was looking at is Homa. You know, he, he, he got, yeah, he <laughs> so, got a, uh, he got a top 20, a top 20 at the PGA, right? So he's, yeah. he's finally starting to show up a little bit at majors. Um, you know, he, he won this year again, didn't he? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he won yeah. this year. Um, uh, sorry, yeah. Max for not remembering, but I I'm relatively certain that he won this he year yeah. and, uh, he, he wants to snag himself a major and, you know, he, he definitely can play in, in the conditions and, you know, uh, he's added this. I think he's another guy that needs the putter rolling now. Yeah, that's true. The putter has to get hot, but yep. I do love Homa, and I think he's at like 40 something to one. Um, that's a good value. And obviously, Bovada has him at 50 to one, 50 to one. And you yep. love to root for the guy. The other guy who's in that same realm, um, I tried to pick him up in our fantasy this fantasy league this last Cameron week. Young. He's not available. Cam Young. He's around 50 to one. Yeah. Dude pipes the golf ball. Um, and he's hung around. He's had a bunch of top tens this year. He I know was in the mix at the PGA year. championship too. Yeah. Yeah. I think he finished top 10 at PGA. Like he's right there. Um, it would be crazy. I, I'm not saying I expect it, but as far as betting, I'm going to have some juice on that. Just at 50 to one. I like those odds for the way he plays.
Yep. I think there's definitely some guys that are in form right now that there's some, some juice there. If you want to throw down a few, few dollars on them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you think about Cam Smith? I was intrigued by him, but he sprays it off the tee and apparently that's trouble out here. Um, but one of the best putters in the world. And when he's striping his irons, he's as good as anybody. Apparently this weekend he didn't hit his irons as well as he has been. Um, that I don't be think I, I don't think Cam Smith is going to win on this golf course. Yeah, but you never know. He's he's good. He's a great golfer. Um, I I liked him going into uh, the PGA Championship. Um, it just kind of seems it seems like his game isn't. You know, he won the players, and then kind of like it's been kind of trending down after that. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously the players, he I think he gained like three or four strokes against the field putting. Like, yeah. you're not going to do that week in and week out. He, he is one of the best putters on the planet, but that's hard to replicate for sure. Yeah, a name that we haven't really talked about is Zalatoris. I just don't think his putter is going to get it done. He was there, you know, at the PGA Championship, but those greens were rolling slower. Like they, yeah. everyone was talking about how they were rolling a little slower. I don't think a U.S. Open is going to have greens rolling that slow. I think these it greens are going to be firm fast. and fast, and that does not seem like something Zalatoris is really going to handle that well. But I, I could be proven wrong. I just yeah. don't trust his putter at all. Um, but yeah, his putter's bad, and he sprays the ball around too. I was looking because he, I was intrigued by him because he's one of the top on tour for strokes gained overall but he's like 172nd on driving accuracy. Like he sprays it pretty good and his irons make up for it, but I don't know if he'll be able to get away with that this week at this course. Yeah. I I, I think you're right. Or we're both right in we're that regard. For sure. Um, what do you think is the worst, just kind of bringing back, bringing live back into this, yeah. the, 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 the little conversation we're having here. Yeah. What do you think is best case scenario for the PGA tour with the U S open? What do you think is worst case scenario? Uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty easy. Um, best case scenario is one of the legacy boys, which I, at this point I would call Spieth, Rory, JT. If one of those guys wins, that's like a best case scenario. They get to preach about legacy and true competition. And mm -hmm. this is what it's all about. And I would agree with any of those guys, but I think that's best case scenario for them. Um, absolute worst case scenario is Phil winning. I don't think that's going to happen. A more yeah, I mean, the, the odds are that he doesn't, but that is worst case scenario. He completes the career grand slam wins the U S open. Yeah. They fucking don't really get to market that because he's fucking, yeah. you know, because he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's off limits. He's not a talking point. They can't market him. <laughs> like, yeah. The guy I, that they, they, the guy that they've fucking built, built his career and 20, he, 30 years of yeah. legacy gone. That would be hilarious. Honestly, <laughs> that would kind of be great, but it would kind of be typical Phil fashion, right? Like, would. yeah. Um, but DJ winning, I think, is more realistic and would also look really bad. For, yeah. For, um, it doesn't seem like DJ's game is there, though. Like, he, he hasn't really been playing well all year. Like, I don't really see him winning. Um, obviously, yeah. he he's a very talented golfer. 
Um, you right. know, one, he's going to gonna go down in the hall of fame. I don't know which one, but in my golf hall of fame, he's in there. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he just doesn't seem to have his game in the best spot Not right now, but yeah, all. I agree. It's more reasonable that he will win over Phil. Yeah. Um, he has the game to do it. Um, if something clicks, obviously he could easily do it. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that, uh, the tour was still running and it's not up to the tour, but there were a lot of tailor-made ads featuring DJ on when I was watching the RBC coverage today. Well, I'm pretty uh, sure he's still with TaylorMade. I don't, I don't think, think TaylorMade dropped him. Yeah. No, I don't think they've severed ties with him and, you know, TaylorMade's paying money for those commercial times and they've spent yeah. money on those commercials and DJ's in them. So it <laughs> doesn't necessarily them. look good for the PGA tour when you have a, golfer who's on a competitive uh competitors league and he's like their top name at the moment uh yeah the running, running in between your fucking your your product yeah he says something and I, it probably took me like seven or eight holes but i heard dj say whatever about his tailor-made i was like oh shit i didn't even think about this like that's kind of not ideal for the tour but there's definitely nothing they can do about it um I just thought that was kind of we didn't even talk about RBC dropping DJ the and he decides to go play live the same week that their fucking Canadian Open, the Royal Bank of Canada, they're like crown jewel of their tournaments. He goes that week to live, which is quite the fucking move. Well, and then he said his quote was, I'm not even sure what RBC means. Maybe that was a (laughs) I saw that on Twitter, so I shouldn't say that DJ said that. But I, I saw a lot of people saying, yeah, I'm sure he knows what it is. I mean, the Gretzky's so. are from Canada. Like, yeah, <laughs> you would, you would hope so. Yeah. Um, but yeah. He used to do a lot of big ads for them as well. Right. There was like, yeah. I mean, they had that like hole in one with a driver ad where it's yeah. like clearly like CGI and it drops on the yeah. green and shit. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. But that was a uh, unfortunate timing for them. I guess mm-hmm. it worked out well for him though. So how what are your thoughts on how the tour slash Monahan has handled this whole ordeal from 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 let's bring it back six months to where he, you know, addressed the p- players originally. I don't think it was six months ago, but at the beginning of the season, you know, around Riviera and stuff where he addressed the players and let them know what the deal was up until this point. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you asked about that. So. I think Monaghan up until this all happened, like when he initially addressed the guys, he was kind of trying to play the tough guy. Like, Hey, we're not going to let you come back. You're going to be banned forever. Like almost scare tactics. Um, And now that they've left, he looks like he's, I guess there's a more elegant way to say this, but he seems like he's in his feelings about it a lot. Like that memo that he wrote to the players was like very personal and seemed very clearly directed at um, fans of golf and not to the actual. That's player. what I was about to say. I think they, I think they kind of anticipated that getting leaked and they mm-hmm. wanted to drive home the Saudis again. That, Cause that's the yeah. only thing they can say, right? The that's only all, thing they continue to go back to is that the, you know, Saudi regime is funding this whole thing. And, right. you know, that's really the only thing that they have going for them. That's as far as 
is it's money and and legacy is what we preach and we do things the right way. Um, and then I thought it was really, it was weak. I, I, it was classic like PGA short-sightedness for him to not make himself available until he was going to talk to Nance today on the broadcast. And I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I saw a, cl- a clip. It's on social media of him saying like, I haven't heard anyone having to apologize for being on the PGA tour, like that soundbite. Um, so that was his big soundbite. And that was after Nance addressed the letter from the nine 11 families. Yeah. Which again, is a whole heartbreaking story. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, it tugs on the heartstrings, you know, every American that was alive during that time. And it, it just, I could be naive and not know this, but wasn't it like Afghanistan that, you know, and I don't want to speak because I don't know it well enough, but I believe that there were Saudi ties. Uh, uh, but I don't know it well. Listen, I, I was fucking in middle school when all that was going down. So I, I and I'm not like a big 9-11 conspiracy guy. I just know that like Ben Laden was supposedly behind it all. And he, you know, was in Afghanistan and we invaded in Afghanistan after that, not Saudi Arabia. So I, I just, you know, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not well-versed enough to know. So obviously if they're talking about it on CBS, during a golf tournament, obviously, I would assume that Saudi had ties to it. But um, this is where, where I was going with that. They're tugging in the heartstrings. You know, it's a uh, obviously that woman uh, who the reporter who was killed by them, uh, Julian Assange. Well, no, was that his name? Julian Assange or some, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, obviously, she's going to have a certain opinion about that, right? Her husband was killed by them. She is going to feel a certain type of way about that. And so are people who their family members were, you know, hurt or killed during nine 11. They're all going to have, of course, a very big bias. And that was just, you know, another tactic, you know, by Monaghan and the PGA tour and, you know, CBS and Nance to try to drive home, like how bad, you know, these people are. And again, it's their only tactic. And that's what I was going to say is that Monaghan up until that point, like you're going to see that snippet over and over again. And like on Twitter, everyone was like real powerful stuff. And then quoted, you never have, have to apologize for being on the PGA tour. Every which it, which it is like that's a powerful statement like no one has been like i'm so sorry like yeah i went is. to play on the pga tour like no one has said that like it, it's a it's a great you know it's a great freaking jab at them like uh it, it was a, you know, yeah and but how many of the, how many of those like you're using you're using your freaking nukes right now as opposed yeah. to like down the road right like you're doing yeah. it all right now what are you gonna do come Portland, you're going to continue to say the Saudis, the Saudis, Brandel yeah. Chambly can only say so much, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and like I said, Monaghan was so bad during the first 90% of that interview, like that one little line saved that conversation for him. Cause like Nance asked him, he said, what do you have to say to people that say, why can't they play in both leagues? And Monaghan said, well, I would answer that with another question. Why do these players need us? And then, like, just totally spewed bullshit 
Well, they don't. They the the answer to that is they don't need you if the majors let them play in it. They literally don't need you. He just did. Yeah, he did this whole rant about legacy and the importance of the tour and blah, blah. And it was like that was such a not like not only did you ignore his question, but then you made up answers to kind of like I think Monaghan has handled this poorly. I agree. He's not he doesn't have the tools to fight back as of right now, because all he can think about is he, I don't necessarily think he doesn't have the tools. He was, did not do his due diligence taking meetings with the PGL because he didn't want to, whatever his reasons were, whether it was like, I don't want to affiliate with them. I don't want to involve other businesses with our business. You know, I think we can do what they're, they're, you know, proposing on our own, whatever it may be. But the fact that you didn't even entertain that, Right. is is an issue it, it, and it and it to me okay. it speaks to him disregarding what he thought live was going to be kind of writing it off and now they're caught with their pants down because he wrote it off didn't think it was a threat and he thought his scare tactics to the guys being like well you're going to get a ban and you're not going to be able to play on the tour and he thought that was going to be enough and it just it just wasn't like he underestimated how how much money matters to some people and you know we're seeing you know more and more guys going over there and there there is going to be a a tipping scale when a nut like a certain amount of guys are going to go over there and it's going to be very competitive as far as like top names a hundred percent well and like i i think he also compounded his issue and maybe this is to inside baseball but to me as someone who loves the pga tour and is constantly irritated about the way they cover it the fact that he decided to wait until two of the most important golfers on the planet were in a fucking head-to-head showdown and then he (laughs) decided he was going to talk over them and do this interview then versus like hey maybe come out on wednesday afternoon or thursday and address this instead of interrupting your coverage. Yeah. Instead of taking away from the story, the, the, the perfect thing that the perfect thing that is going to help people stay watching the PGA tour, a showdown between JT and Rory McIlroy, yeah. you know, and two of the best player, two of your, your most outspoken players about this whole situation battling, you know, coming down the stretch. And you're deciding to do an interview, not to mention the the shitty fucking commercials as they're going up 18, you know, like, and that that's nothing new. They always do. This has been critiques of many, many people about their broadcast and their product. Like they've sold too many commercials, trying to get as much money as they can, and they've jeopardized the product. And that's why it made an opening for people like live people like the PGL. And it's short-sighted on them thinking that they're the only dog in town and that, you know, that their monopoly is going to stay how it is forever. And that's just, you know, when you have unlimited funding, you can do a lot of fucking shit. Yeah, you're exactly right. It'll be, uh, it'll be wild to see how it plays out. Um, But to, to summarize your question, I think Monahan's done a kind of a shit job and he seems like he's, he's got punched in the mouth and he's kind of trying to regain his footing and he doesn't know where to go other than to harp on money and legacy. 
Yeah. And you can only do that for so long. Right. You know, you can't keep beating the dead horse. Like exactly. We all know and it's, it's and it's going to, it's going to lose its luster. People are going to be like, I know, I know, but you know, freaking DJ and Bryson are in a head to head down the stretch on the live yeah. tour or fucking got five drivable par fours coming up. Yeah. Like, Patrick they're, they're, Reed is pulling some rules shenanigans over on the live. Yeah. It's must watch TV, you know, like, yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting. It, it, it could go a million different directions and uh, the tour has some really serious soul searching to do. So for sure. if you had to, let me give you a couple names. Sure. I'm going to rattle off some names and you're going to give me either a yes or a no. If you think they're going to be playing in Portland at live. Okay. Okay. I like this. So Pat Perez. Yes. He's yeah. Playing. He's going to be there. Yeah. Patrick Reed. Definitely going to be there. Um, Bryson. He'll be there. Yeah. Um, Matthew Wolf. Yes. I think he'll be there. Um, let me see here. Jason Kokrak. Yes. Um, Ricky Fowler. I think he'll be there. You think Rick's going to be there? Uh, Yeah. Um, is there any other, other guys that you think might be there? Those are all of the ones that have been on the radar. I basically, I guess I would say, I mean, I know Bubba Watson is, you know, rumored to be going over there, but he's injured right now. So I don't think he's going to be in Portland, but I do think we'll see him on the live tour. I would not be surprised by that at all. Um, I don't know. Those are all the guys that I've heard. See, I think so. I I think we, uh, I don't know if we'll be in Portland, but I think we could see guys like, like an Adam Scott going over there. Adam Scott wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. And then apparently there's rumors of some like South American guys. I don't know if that means like Joaquin or Mito or, you know. Yeah. um, That would be interesting. I don't know, like a Joaquin where he's like just starting to get footing here to where it seems like he's taking off. But who knows? Um, but, but I yeah, say so I, I just list off like five or six guys that you said yes to real quick. Very quickly. I don't I, did, all- I did I say Pat Perez? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, those are all real names though. Like that, yeah, that wasn't an, a deep, you didn't pull out a deep cut on me those are big names like those are real guys on the tour um and none of them would be surprising to me i would almost like if i was betting i would bet that those guys will play in portland yeah so you add those to the names that they already have you know that's at least you know 12 pretty you know 12 to 15 pretty notable guys out there and they have a field of 48 you know so it's crazy it's uh it's going to get dicey. I, I don't doubt that for one second. Like the, the faucet is just starting to open right now. Uh-huh. Um, and until something like Augusta comes out, I don't see any reason to slow it down. <laughs> uh, and like another guy, Harold Varner, like he won over at Saudi. I, like, yeah. you know, I don't know who knows what he's going to do. I could see him yeah. going. I would not be surprised by that at all. Yeah, he, that was his last win was in Saudi, like a 90-foot putt for Eagle. Yeah. 
you know, I could see someone like Molinari, maybe, you know, yeah. there's no, there's no talks of him. I could just see a guy like Molinari who's on the later end of his career. He's already won a major championship. Anybody you know. who's international who's on the later end of their career seems to be leaning that way. Like I said, Adam Scott was a perfect example where he's, he's said openly, like, I'd like to play more international golf. I'd like to travel. Like I'd like to spend less time. Um, yeah. Those seem like good candidates. Yeah, and I, I don't know how much vali- validity there is to this, but uh, I sent it in the, the fantasy message, but like the DP World Tour, the European Tour is that, in yeah. talks with Liv. So if there is some sort of cooperation or something going on with them, you can see a lot more European yeah. Tour guys like fucking Thomas Peters, Alex Doran, Victor Perez. Like, yeah. you know, you know, I could easily see guys like that for sure going and playing over there too so 100 percent. they could just fucking just eat up the european tour and then it's just the live tour who who knows yeah it's entirely possible man like at this point it's impossible to say what's gonna happen because they they're gonna keep throwing money around and as long as there's also the whole the whole thing like you don't want to miss the boat, right? Cause they're only going right. to throw big numbers around for a little while, you know, yeah. like when you're a guy like Taylor Gooch, right? Yeah. Like he knew what he wanted to do. They offered him a big number. So if you're a player like Taylor Gooch's caliber and you decide to wait until, you know, six months from now, you're, you're not going to get the number Taylor Gooch right. got. Right. So like exactly. you're going to get some money for sure. And I'm sure it's going to be a good chunk, but, you know, if you're a guy that's entertaining the idea of going over there, you kind of have to make your mind up pretty soon if you want to get the most bang for your buck. You got to go while the the cash is flowing. You're, yeah, while you're while they're still it. while they're still feeling like they need talent and names, you need to go. Well, and they've made it pretty clear they're going to keep it a small field. So like yeah, they have to if they're going to continue, which we which is something we we haven't talked about yet. If they're going to continue with the the shotgun start, you can only yeah. have that many people. Exactly. Which what uh, you didn't you didn't get to watch, but what what are your thoughts about the thought the shotgun start? Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, but somebody made a good point today. Again, this is on Twitter. Whoever said it, um, if the PJ Tour was running off a regular shotgun start, uh, Rory and JT would be finishing on random holes at random times just wondering who's that that is the biggest downside right so you don't get you don't get the drama that you get when you have the two leaders paired up coming home on 18 and finishing the tournament out that that is where you'd be lacking the biggest right right i do think there's a way i don't know how you would do it maybe there isn't a way but you do for the first two days the shotgun start because i think everyone on the course at the same time it's a lot more seamless and you can go to a lot more golf shots, especially when you don't have commercials. Um, And it's really nice in that regard. And I think the first two days, it doesn't really matter that much what holes guys are on. You're just like, okay, you get to see right, right when you want to see it. And at the same time, who's playing good, who isn't playing good. Right. And obviously guys are on different parts of the course, but you know, this guy's hot. They're all playing at the same time. It eliminates the bad windows. Like if yeah. you got a morning window 
and the conditions were easy and the afternoon was much harder and you got the shit draw, it eliminates that, which is something I really like about it. But that that not being able to come home with the two leaders on 18, that's right. a big thing. It's definitely a big thing. Yeah. So it's, I don't know if on the final day you could do something like go I mean, to a, a more traditional you, like what? Why don't you just regroup on the final day and at least yeah. put and you go by you go by how it normally is the like lowest, the, the leaders the leaders tee yeah. off and that would kind of work with what I was saying with the teams if you do the first two days and you're doing like team best ball for the team scores yeah. and then the final day you reshuffle and you know, you can do the way they're doing it now that you pick. Maybe you just go with the two guys who have shot the best right, throughout right, the week exactly. and you take their scores and then that counts to, counts towards your team score or whatever it may be. Yeah, there, there are ways that they could do it. And <laughs> because that only matters, the going down 18 really only matters on the final day. On the final day. Exactly. Saturday for them. So, so I'm, I'm sure, sure play with it like this was their first week and then yeah. they'll figure that out. Um, whether or not I want, want them to, or care is to, yeah. to be another, another good thing about the shotgun start is like, you're not, there's a window that, you know, golf is being played. It's not like this is happening all day long. I don't know when I need to tune into to see the guys I want to tune into. There's a five hour, six hour window where everyone's on the course. You're getting to see who you want to see. You don't have to, you know, get true. PGA like, Tour live to see Rory's round because it's not going to be on CBS in the afternoon yeah. and you want to watch Rory. Like, it's all there, all the guys that are on that tour are being shown. So that, yeah, that uh, is, is another pretty problem. awesome, actually. Because it is brutal when it's like, okay, my favorite player tees off at 738. My second favorite player tees off at 120. Um, so I've got to watch nine hours of golf coverage to or see I have to, or I have to pick when I want to watch it. Who do I want to watch more? Right. And if it is a guy in the morning, if it's a Thursday or Friday, I'm going to have to watch on PGA tour live and I might not have ESPN plus and I can't even watch him. And right. I don't want to get ESPN plus because I am not a golf hardo. I just want to watch right. golf on the broadcast that I have with my cable. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, yeah. There are definitely pros and cons to. I think there's a lot of pros to it. And the biggest con is that 18 scenario. And I think that there's ways to work around it, like we just said. And I think there could even be better ways that I'm not, you know, thinking of off the top of my head. So I agree. I think think overall it could be a good move, but you know, that we can wait and see with that. I agree. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. I think uh, we're at the tip of the iceberg right now. And we had a busy week in golf this week, and I think this next week is going to be just as busy, if not busier. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see where things go, and we're going to have a major champion next time we talk. Yeah, we'll we'll have a major champion. Um, with 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 that being said, we can uh, you know the last you know five ten minutes of the show, however long it is. Um, we haven't we haven't said this yet who who's your money on um to take this thing home uh i'm not sure who you when our, when we picked our majors at the I beginning wish. of this year i'm not sure who you picked i know who i picked to win um uh, my 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 choice who i think is going to win now is not going to be the same but uh yeah who do you who do you got your money on this week 
Let me see. I had it at one point. I'm, I can't remember who I said at the beginning of the year. Um, but I'm going JT now. I might have, I think I actually said JT for the last one, which was correct. Um, but I like JT going into this week. I think he's, he's playing insane golf. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Um, so if I had to pick anybody, it'd be JT for sure. Uh, so at the beginning, <clears throat> I think that's a good pick. Uh, I mean, we talked about him earlier. Um, right. <clears throat> I think he's one of the favorites going into it. Obviously, he's playing good golf right now. Um, he just won the most recent major, so um, he definitely can win. Um, at the beginning of the year, I picked Brooks Kepka to win the U.S. Open. Um, one, because obviously he's won two in the past. He does, right. you know, we don't have to talk about his major accolades. He does well in most major championships. You know, the past couple of years, he's kind of been plagued with injuries. I thought, you know, this year was going to be a little different. It turns out it's not really much different. He hasn't really been playing that great. Um, and it's up in New England. He won Beth Page up there. He seems yeah. he won Shinnecock up there. He seems to play well up in New England. Um, yeah. So that's why I went with him. Um, I still think he could win if he finds his his game, you know, his yeah. major championship game. You can never rule him out. Um, but I, I am going to go with. Um, I think I'm going to go with the boy, Scotty Scheffler. And that's partially partially because he's on my team, but sure. he's been playing spectacular golf this year. I think he is as as good as he is at chipping and putting. I think he almost is underrated in how good he is at chipping and putting. Being a Texas boy, we play on that hard ground. You got to be able to nip your wedges. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, he's got a lot of confidence in the short game. And I think that's going to come into play out, you know, at the country club um, up there in Brookline. So, I um it. it would not be surprising in the, the odds probably aren't in my favor considering he's won four times this year. Um, one of them Man. being Augusta, but what a year it would be if he was able to get a U.S. Open as well. Um, I but I do, it. I do think that JT is a great pick as well. I think he could easily be the winner come next week. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, just to, I, I also had honorable mentions at the beginning of the year. <laughs> Um, I had John Rom. We we talked about him uh, yeah. earlier in the show. Obviously, he he's definitely got a shot out there if he gets that that putter rolling. So, but yeah, I man, if Rom did it, that would be make perfect sense. Same thing with Scotty. They both have the game for it, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see um, who pulls it off. It would be really cool for Scotty to do it. Honestly, the the year he's having, I'd love to see him just keep tearing him off, but. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I do think I'm probably going to put some money on Billy Horschel, though. I love it. I uh, yeah. I usually we pick five guys for every major that we we basically put. I put twenty dollars per guy on five guys to win outright. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like Billy Horschel. I'm going to put him in the mix for sure. He'll be in the conversation. Yep. And Homer will be as well for sure. Right on. Well. Uh... If you don't have anything uh, else to really add, anything on the top of your head, I think we'll probably wrap this thing up. Anyone who's still listening, I appreciate you listening. Um, yeah, I'm excited for next week. The course is 
really cool. I'm excited to watch. Um, I'm honestly quite excited to just see how everything unravels this week with the live stuff. Like you were saying, I, I, if are people going to be, you know, who are notoriously like new England is super, super behind Phil most of the time, really cheering for Phil. Are they going to be booing them? Are they going to be talking shit? Like, I, I don't know. The New England crowds are usually really rowdy. Like, who fucking knows? Is he, is Phil going to fucking WD because the crowd's too crazy? Like, who uh, knows, man? Anything could happen, dude. It's going to be a ton of fun to see where it goes. Because like you said, with that crowd, they could be all behind Phil. They could be hating Phil. And it could go any which way, and it would be a blast. Yep. Yes, sir. Well, uh, yeah, man, this has been fun. I uh, appreciate you fucking coming in and getting this thing done. Um, hopefully next time we, we do a pod kid will be back in the mix. He's been on fucking hiatus with other priorities. Guy doesn't even give a shit about golf anymore, I guess. But, uh, yeah, appreciate everyone listening. Thanks for tuning in and, uh, have a good one.